let's start. Let's start the pod. Why can't we just have a little bit more conversation? Why you just want to get into it so quickly? Like, damn, use some damn lube. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Can I Help You? Uh, mm-hmm. so last week we took a break we just needed a lot of you know mental health care self-care and everything in between but we're back yeah it's also tourist season so I just feel like I there's some, something happens when tourist season happens that I feel extremely exhausted throughout the whole entire tourist season all I want to do is sleep and like buy nice things I have been um purchasing a lot of food. I've just been purchasing, girl. And then the taxes came in and they and they legitimately like garnished my wages for the amount that I said that I was scheduled. But how dare they actually, you know, <laughs> hold me up to the schedule? <laughs> that shit came out of my account so quick, too. Whatever. They said thank you. No, but I'm feeling really weird this season i don't know i gotta check my horoscope see what it all means because not weird in a bad way it's just like different like things that used to like make me happy are kind of like a nuisance right i don't even know what's going on and then i'm i'm finding out like pleasure and other things that i usually don't so it's like really weird um what okay so we need examples what are the examples yeah (laughs) Am I the drama? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> For example, okay, so I went out over, over this weekend for my friend's birthday, Sadie show, Sadie again. Um, and we went out to Boston and I love the club. I love to drink. I love the shenanigans, the shenanery, everything. I just love it. But something about being back in crowds was just throwing me the fuck off. Like, I don't know what it was. And then we went to a club and Waka Flocka was there. And I was really enjoying Waka Flocka. But the fact that there were other people, like the fact that people had the audacity to be there at the same time we were there, it just was really sending me. You go out on a Saturday night. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. One of my biggest pet peeves we used to go out in college is that there were the club was dead. There was nobody there. Girl, I would have loved a dead club. I would have loved nobody there. Just music. And this cold ass AC just kept blowing down my neck. And now I'm sick, as you can hear. Like, oh God. And then after the club, we had to go find like we were trying to find a restaurant, then we were trying to find a ride. And we just walking endlessly around Boston. And it was like dead. Boston is dead. Boston is no longer a city after like a one one a.m. There's nobody around. It is ridiculous. Not no homeless people. Not we went to Copley Center. We ended up in Copley Center. Not one crackhead. Not one. <laughs> no, because you know they. That's where they hang out. Like I was trying to see them like sleep by the on library. A, yes, nobody was there. It was dead silence, quiet. It was ghost town. USA. It was weird. Hey, nobody wanted to be out. <laughs> nobody. But that was weird too. And then this whole sick thing. Something that is very common though, because I think that a lot of people when the pandemic, you know, the pandemic, we were still in the we're still in the panorama. 
And so I think the after effects is this sort of like weirdness of being in spaces where there's a vast amount of people. And especially if they're not wearing their masks, it's, it's a little strange. Yeah. The vibe is definitely <laughs> off. I did have fun though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fucking big Lotto and Saucy Santana, the Muffin Jealous. Lotto, Saucy Santana. There was another opener that seems to be very popular, but unfortunately, I don't know her name anymore. I don't remember anybody's name anymore. And <laughs> then we went to that club, and the Do Waka Flock was the there. Song? Like the melody of one of the songs? Mm, it's probably on a snapshot somewhere, but I couldn't. I, I was like, we were pre gaming a little too hard for yeah. as soon as we got there. Yeah. It was bad. But it was it was it was fine. Um, one of the things that always gets me when I'm on, a, and I'm very open about it now. <laughs> I wasn't before. Is when people try to try to like talk game to you or talk to you in general while there's at a club or while there's a concert. I can't fucking hear you, ma'am. Why why you keep trying to tell me the thing that you're telling me in my ear, whispering? I can't hear you. I'm deaf. There's music blaring everywhere. This dude kept trying to talk to all the girls who was clearly there with one ticket, just trying to cop whatever he could. Mind you, we're at the Saucy Santana Lotto concert, so the crowd is mostly black or Hispanic. This white dude is sticking out like a sore thumb, okay? Button up shirt, everything. He just kept trying to talk him to any girl that would listen. And you're drunk, you can't listen. And he's just like getting rejected left to right, but even not even like rejected in like a verbal sense. It's just like, I can't hear you, bro. And then walking away, like. <laughs> well, hopefully he got something that night. <laughs> but not, not, really going to, not going out with the button up. That, that kills me. Was it um, like a plaid button up? Yes, ma'am. How'd you know? Were you there? <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it. It's boxing. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That predictability. <laughs> oh, it was. And then the other thing. This is my my one like kryptonite, right? Is that I forget when I go out to a concert that it's not a nightclub. It's not a bar, right? Yes. So anybody can buy a ticket to a concert. They can just show up to the concert. I befriended these two girls in the line and we were there. And you know me, I like to everyone to have fun, you know, and 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 some fun when you're out is drinking a little bit. And I bought a couple of rounds of shots and I could kind of like figure out these girls were like getting plastered a little too quickly. And then I was like, are they a little drunk to like Sadie who was just gone? She's like, yeah, girl, because they're underage. And I was like, what? I always end up giving drinks to people that shouldn't be having drinks. Girl, the fact that you were giving away free drinks is wild. Right. Because you got to do the round. I buy a couple of drinks. You buy a couple of drinks. At the end of the day, we're both drunk. Yeah, that's real. So that's what it was. But I, I can't stop myself from buying drinks for underage people. That shouldn't be there. <laughs> I, I mean, can't do it. Sure. The lesson I- is do not buy drinks for anybody besides the people you know. Not for underage people, y'all. Yeah, don't. I mean, I woke up with that pretty bill on my credit card and just the shame of having given drinks to underage people. So don't do it. How was y'all weekend, though? Yeah, Noelle, how was your weekend? Okay. <laughs> there are one too many bitches 
who keep on trying to put their hands on my man sexually. And I'm just not with it. I'm not with it. You know, I'm a little hood. So, like, you know, he hung out with his friends. And there was this one friend of his who's like a hoe. Everybody knows he's a hoe. He fell asleep in his bed with the shirt off. Because they were already getting, they were so drunk. <laughs> so already red flag number one. <laughs> so then, but they're friends. They're all friends. You know, they're all like like the way that we're friends. It's just we all the people just end up doing these things. But a majority of his friends are men, gay men specifically. And you know, these are gay men who sleep with other gay men. So, so red flag number two. And so then he like messages me the next morning. He's like, oh, like he says something like really cute. And there's just one episode. There's just one episode of uh, Big Bang Theory where Sheldon gets kissed by a girl, and then he goes to Amy, who's his like fiance, who's his like girlfriend, and he finally proposes to her. And he tells her he's like, she's like, oh, why are you proposing? He's like, oh, some girl kissed me, and then I realized you're the only girl I want to kiss. So I felt like I was having that moment of like someone tried to touch him but he realized that i'm the only one that he wants to be touched by obviously because we're in a relationship now so like the why was the bitch touching him in the first place um and it's not that he was realizing it; he, he's done that but it's just like it was just very strange that he like messaged me right after being like oh blah blah, blah all these things and then the caveat after i was like oh why'd you i was like why'd you send that not, not because he doesn't send cute things in the morning but it was like very specific it was like something that like we both hold very dear to each other and so then he explained it to me, and I was like, so this bitch was in your bed. You got a picture of this bitch in your bed with no top on, and then she tried to rub on your chest, and you let her rub on your chest, and you told her no. Part of me, obviously, I trust him, so I believe him. It was what that happened. And then another one of his friends came over for the weekend and it was his birthday. So we were celebrating his birthday. And I was, this is the first time I'm meeting this person. This is someone who's a little bit younger. He's like 22 years old. For, for, for age purposes, I'm 27 and he's 31. He just turned 31. So this person is young to the both of us. Like we wouldn't, neither of us would, you know, do anything with this person. Um, but this person is kind of like, I'm, like he's, you know, my partner has been like a mentor to him to some extent. So he's kind of developed a crush for him. Like uh, he didn't develop a crush for him, but he was dating some other people. He was like sleeping with other people. So I was like, I wasn't really paying no mind to it. So because we're celebrating his birthday, I'm like, whatever. I'm just assuming that these two are really good friends. Blah, blah, blah. But then I like noticing throughout the night that there's just a lot of hand touching. There's a lot of touching of the body. And I was just like, hmm. And part of it's like play fighting. So I didn't really pay that. I didn't really pay no mind to the play fighting. And so whatever. So there's still, but there's like touching. Touching is like consistently happening. And I'm just like, am I uncomfortable with this? What is my relationship towards this? What is this? So then I, again, being the good Samaritan that I am, I was like, I will take the couch. You guys can take the bed. It's fine, whatever. Like they're not going to do anything while I'm here. Nor will my partner do that anyways. So I was like, okay, like, sleep in the bed. Mind you, I wake up in the morning to do my na- my natural morning routine of shitting and pissing every morning around the same exact time. These bitches are face-to-face. I know my man well enough. He just, he sleeps like a fucking brick. He just, he, does, he, he doesn't move or he moves. It's just, it's just a thing. He's like, he's a sleeper. 
so I know is this bitch intentionally her face is next to his face and then so like I go back to lay down like again pay no mind to it in a world don't be the crazy black bitch that you are so then again I go I'm like I'm gonna lay down for a second then I wake my ass right back because I hear them talking and so when I hear them talking I come into the you know I stand at the door and the bitch is like holding my man's hand and I was like and he's still kind of like sleepy, but he's like, and it's not like them holding hands, but his hand was on his wrist. And I was like, oh no, no, oh no, 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 no. So then I get into the bed and I get right in the middle of them. And I make sure that the bitch is behind me, that I'm not looking towards her, I'm looking at my man. And again, it's not that, not that he would have done anything, but I just don't like, you are very conscious and aware that this is my partner. We both said it. that's the reason why you're meeting me is because you're meeting the partner. Why the fuck are you being flirty, touchy with my man? Girl, there's no threesome. It's not going to happen. And I'm not going to allow him to fuck you, bitch. That's not how this is working. I'm monogamous. We're not doing this. So the Lord is tempting me this weekend. Was tempting me this weekend. And I just, I felt it. I felt the temptation. Um, And it really bothered. It just really irked me. It really irked me. And I just like, I just, and, it's, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. And then I'm also like, what? It's like, I don't want to be the crazy girlfriend that's like, oh, go post me on Instagram so all these bitches know who you're with. But also part of me really wants to be that person and be like, okay, so there's clearly a disconnect so people understanding that like we are now in a relationship. This is, this is not, I don't, I don't want to have these conversations. I don't ever, I don't even think it's, I, even the fact that he was like, oh, I didn't do anything and I made sure to let them know that I don't want that, that I'm in a serious relationship with somebody. I still don't even want to hear those stories. Like I'm just... I'm not very comfortable with the possibility, even the possibility of something happening. It just frustrates me because it's like, it's like, because I think this happens a lot in queer communities, specifically like the gay community, where when someone ends up being in a relationship, that person becomes even more valuable as like, oh, I'm so much more interested in you because I want the, because I want to prove to myself that I can take somebody's man. And I'm not about that life. I'm just, I'm not, I don't like it. It doesn't, it's never, it's never been cute to me. So I've been very close to popping a bitch's face this weekend. And today I was having a bad day. So again, I make clothing. That is, that is the way that I make my money right now. And I just, you know, and I'm very ethical about it. I'm very like, oh, I'm making sure that the prices are right. I'm making sure that I'm buying from the right suppliers. I'm making sure that every single aspect of what I do is ethical and you know again pricing i let people decide their prices so this morning this one person one of my customers it just you know we agreed on a way of like on the fabric that we're using and i was very transparent i was like hey this is what you want and i made sure to double check with them so then last night i sent them a picture of what the piece looks like because i'm because that's what they asked for it i requested to see progress pictures so I sent them what the piece looked like and they had like a whole entire attitude about how they wanted a specific type of fabric for the bottom half of it. And they thought, they thought that's what they asked for. So then they like sent me a whole like series of messages. And again, in a very attitude way, in a very like submissive, like very dismissive type of way. And I was like, no, baby, I'm going to go back into our messages and I'm going to screenshot and show you what you said. And then after I screenshot and showed her, she then apologized. 
But I just don't like, again, being tested. I don't like that. I don't like the disrespectfulness in your tone of voice. I don't like that. I'm, I, it's not like you paid thousands of dollars for a custom piece, you know, like you paid a very reasonable price for a custom piece. I probably undercharged her because she's a part of our community. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to respect, you know, I, I just, this is what I do. Um, again, ethical is at the forefront of these things. And so I was just very annoyed by that. And so then I went to the fabric store to got to like to fix everything um, and then made her happy. But then again, being tested. So there are apparently two of the same addresses of my address, one in San Rafael and one in Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is 40 minutes outside of the city. How was I in an Uber? My Mind you, my battery is on 10%, one. And I don't know why I keep on leaving the house my battery being really low. I need to stop doing that. That needs to be a thing that I do not do anymore. I am literally in the car. I'm noticing that I'm not familiar with my surroundings. But I was like, maybe he's just taking a different route. Again, I've been in Mexico for eight months. You know, sometimes these things just happen. But it's a 40-minute drive. So I was like, I should have clocked it then. I did not. I ended up going all the way to fucking Santa Cruz, which is 40 minutes outside of the city, literally in some sort, like, it was beautiful for sure, but I was literally in the ghetto somewhere. This old women just looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. They, like, clearly haven't seen anyone from the city of Mexico City. And I was a complete foreigner to them. And I'm at the front of somebody's door trying to figure out how do I get back home. And my battery is on 5%. So then I like, again, I ordered Uber. My battery's in at 4%. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to die. I don't know how to get back home. And who am I supposed to call? Where am I supposed to get a charger? What am I supposed to do? I don't know what I'm doing. I get so scared. But I, you know, but then I called the Uber. The Uber came. My battery didn't die yet. So I'm telling, so I'm like, you know, tell, I'm on the, phone, on the phone with the girls, blah, blah. Um, and I tell my partner, I'm like, hey, like these, all these things happen. And so then he was like, uh, let me know when you get home because then I'll come to you and then I'll make it better. Because I'm already livid and I'm like crying in the lift because I'm already, I'm crying in the Uber because I'm mad because I'm mad at the girl for cussing me out this morning. And that because I'm not used to like, I'm used to people being like, pers- like persnickety about what they want, but I'm never, I'm not used to like people giving me like thorough attitude and being like oh I paid for this then why are you not giving me what I asked for and it's just I've never had that before that's never been a thing and you don't want to clock the base because you don't want to get called out on the internet but you want to do it because you have a fucking soul um so I'm already upset crying in the uber I'm like oh, I hope I get home this is all and it was this is a, this is a thing that was supposed to take me like 20 minutes to do at two hours already gone because the Mexican traffic is horrible right now so then okay so then I come to his place because I was like, I oh, don't want, don't come to my place. I'm angry, so I go to his place instead. And then you know everything got better. You know he bought me Birds of Paradise, which is my favorite flower. And he like he went to Oaxaca recently, so he like brought me home to like knickknacks. Um, and then he fucked the shit out of me right after. He just literally destroyed my fucking pussy, like if my pussy did not exist anymore. And so today is feeling a lot better now. This morning it was shit. I was tested this weekend, being consistently tested, but I got some bomb dick, so I feel good now. Trainier, how is your weekend? <laughs> I am. Bitch. No, let's go back. Hold on. <laughs> so, 
What? <laughs> what? Why didn't you let me know? Let you know what? That like you were only on a certain amount percentage of battery. Like I know because... I couldn't do anything, but at least like if I know that I could also let Rodolfo know. So Rodolfo, I was on the phone with Rodolfo, so I'm like, it didn't, it didn't matter, you know. So I was like, if any, if worse comes, because he asked me, he was like, do you want me to come pick you up? And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like I have, I have at least five percent battery, so that if my phone, di- if I ordered the Uber and my phone dies, at least I can remember the license plate so I can get into the car, you know, like. If worst comes to worst, and if worst, and if even worst came to worst, and I just would be like, "Hey, can you yeah, yeah come pick me up?" Because I don't know where the fuck I'm at. I'm gonna die here. Um, going back to the to the girl thing. Yes. The client. No, not the client. The party. The the girl's a female. No, no, no. They're they're men. Okay. No, I no, I feel that because in every relationship. I don't know. I don't know if y'all have ever been through this, but it's like a constant when you're with someone that like you're just trying it out, but it's not officially official. And when you're meeting someone from their circle for the first time, they kind of like I don't I don't think it's conscious, but like subconsciously try to test like how close you know what it is. Yes, absolutely. Because I had that thing happen to me with this ex that I had who we were in a long distance relationship for like way too long. And um, I went to go visit him in New York when he was stationed. And this girl who had like been his friend or basically was mentoring her or something like that because she wanted to be a car girl. I don't know what her deal was, but we're legitimately in bed. It's early morning, like legitimately in bed. My friend's like sleeping on the couch. It is way too early for you to come over somebody's house, but it's way, it's even earlier for somebody to do what she did. We're laying in her bed. No knock, no nothing. She just opens the door and she's like, oh, hey, um, are we going to still do that thing t- this morning? And he like looked over and was like, what are like, <laughs> well this is Deval. this is Gilmyra hi good morning and I was like legitimately in bed in my pajamas like looking over I was like does she not understand like hello and um I spoke to him afterwards basically and I was like that was weird he's like yeah I don't know why she did that bitches always try to try it like they no, don't see absolutely. you yeah they never see you as a factor until you are a factor and if you were to like go off on them you seem like the crazy bitch and I fucking hate that absolutely Ab- this- that's my that's my biggest thing is that I don't want to seem crazy and I don't want even though I have all the right and everybody who's listening you always have the right to be irrational especially if they're giving you situations where you need to be irrational and I, but I don't, but you know, one ever wants to seem like that because you know, that's how they're going to perceive it. And I'm just like, I don't want to be the crazy person, but my Latina, my, like my everything in my spirit, my ancestors are literally calling me to, or to make some bacon and burn the bitch, you know, like literally offer her some bacon and then be like, I'm a blurred all over your ass. Like, it's no. just, it is just don't tell, like, it's so. No, if this was the animal kingdom, your head would be ripped off by now. Like, you're getting too close. I hate when bitches do that. And I don't know if it's a subconscious decision. Or, again, like, they just don't see you as, like, a a factor. You know what I mean? Until the other yeah. person is like, yo, that's uh, invasion of privacy kind of a thing. 
no, I think it's oh. also like they they know, and so it's it's more of like, what can I get away with, and like what can I like keep doing even though like now like you're right. you're physically here and I can see you because behind the scenes I was probably doing some extra shit that you didn't know of, but now like y'all y'all are together so like what else can I get away with yeah and also too it's kind of like like uh I guess like more like animalistic and like territorial so it's like uh this is a bad analogy but like y'all both mm-hmm. pissed on the nigga and so now like y'all got like about those mics <laughs> yeah yeah period period i think that that's yeah absolutely absolutely and you know and i think temptation is like a real thing in every relationship like you know there there will always be the possibility of someone doing something and the possibility of your partner doing something too like that isn't something that's out of the question Mm -hmm. but it's just like it's like i this is the one thing this is the one part of like heteronormativity that like I do kind of like to some extent is like I feel like there are moments when I hear straight people talk about and it's normally like straight older black and Latinx people where they're like oh I just I don't put my like if they know that they are a person who likes temptation they're like they love to be like either either a they're a cheater for sure like you know they're just not a cheater but if someone who is like very devoted they're like, oh, I just don't put myself in situations like that. Like, if I see a very beautiful woman, I'm not in the room with her alone. Like, I'm, I, there's other people there. There's da da da, da. And it's like, and it's not saying that they're like, they have urges, they're human, but they're saying that they're, because they decided to be in a monogamous space, they're going to respect and participate in that. And so I like, I wish that there was more of that, of like, oh, don't put yourself in predicaments where that would happen. You know, like, don't have this nigga in your bed. You know, I don't want him in your bed. Like, don't put him in. <laughs> it's like, you know, right. tell him to open the door and kick him out or put him on the couch. You know, like, it's like just, because it's, it's like, ah, it's just temptation is real. Because that's like me in, I don't like me and like Jamel's person go, going into bed together. She's like, oh yeah, like no, like y'all can have a bed. Like no, that's so weird. It is weird. It's just not. Ugh, I don't know. You you a stronger person because I'd have been like, <clears throat> what the fuck because is going I think, on? Here? I think for I me it was just like up. I would have been like, your friend can sleep on the couch. Like because I thought of this friend as like my friend. I thought of them as you and and like Trinia and Demel. Like I was like, oh, like if if. If 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 my if if you felt more comfortable on the bed, like if Trinier or Demel felt more comfortable on the bed, and Rodolfo was the other person sleeping in the bed, I wouldn't bat us. I wouldn't bat an eye. I'm like, okay, like my friend needs to be comfortable. Like I'll take the L and just take the couch. Obviously, I know you two would be like, take the bed because that's your man. But mm-hmm. but I know that it would be like you know, it's just it's the right thing to do. So I assume that this person was an, was a similar type of person in that context clearly this person was still feeling some sort of sense of affection for my partner and so i asked him after i was like i was like this person still clearly has a crush on you like what is this 
And so he was just like, yeah, he's like, I used to have another conversation with him again about like boundaries. And like specifically now that he's in a relationship, we've only been in a relationship for like, what, like less than a month. Um, so I think he's, he's very conscious about my desires of transparency. So I'm like, specifically with his, he has a lot of gay male friends and a lot of them are single. And a lot of them are people who are, it's like, I think this happens in the gay community a lot. And I think this happens very little in straight communities. But a lot of gay communities, like, most of the time, the way that these people became friends is because somebody slept with somebody. You know, like, oh, like, I slept with this person. I'm no longer sleeping with them anymore. And I think that we should just be friends. And so that's how they group. And that's how his group developed. Like, somebody slept with somebody, slept with somebody. All of that shit happened. So it's like, you know, the promiscuity is there. Like, the desirability is there. Um... And the bitch was ugly too. So that's the thing that bothered me too. <laughs> Not this. <laughs> <laughs> Those memes. I, like, uh, that the was girls... the thing that bothered me too. I was like, <laughs> she was ugly as, he was ugly as fuck. And then I sent him a video of my face and I was like, so what? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, this is the reminder of how what I look like and what that bitch looks like. And I'm going to need you to remember that. Oh, God. It reminds me of those memes where it's like, oh, these are the type of girls that are pulling you men. <laughs> oh, that stresses me out. No, mm-hmm. I, I get what you're going with that. But you're near. How the hell have you been, bitch? Okay, well, this is a lot. So last week, it was all right. But like once Friday hit, right? Once Friday hit, um, I get a call from the hotel front desk. Bling, bling. Um, are you ready to check out? I said, what? <coughs> <laughs> so then I was like, um, um, I, my um, temporary accommodation folks, they haven't called you yet to put in my extension. They said, no, we haven't received anything. So that, I just saw red. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay, um, you know, I'll get back to you um, as soon as possible when the, the latest checkout time, which was four. I was like, perfect, boom. So I, I text in the little Microsoft Teams. I said, hey, I got to sign off. Like, I, I can't work today because I have stuff to handle. Bing, turn, turn my computer off, turn my phone off, boom. Then I start making calls. And so pretty much my, I called my site adjuster and she, ex- or my claim manager, and she accepted my extension like that morning like of checkout. And I was like, I put in my extension like a week before. Like, why did it take so long? So like, I'm just going back and forth between the um, claim manager and going back and forth between the um, temporary accommodation folks. And so like, I was like, for like a good three hours, I heard nothing from both parties. And so then I was just, I, I had to like pack everything up. So like I was, I packed everything up and I was about to like load everything in the car. Cause I was like, all right, like I'm gonna have to find somewhere to stay if I have to check out by four. But luckily I got a call back that situation it was good. I got my extension. But now, you know, my ALE, my 
additional living expenses or alternate living expenses um they're running out really quickly because of me staying in the hotel i didn't know this was an option but i could have just rented an apartment and had that covered so they told me when my money was running low that i could i could have done that accommodation and i was like what the fuck so they're like oh we're gonna help you look for apartments um so then you can you know move it to that so then you could save money on ale but once but your lae ale is almost gone so that means you're gonna have to start paying out of pocket and i'm like okay and so they're like yeah um you know a lot of the rent prices are high in the area and I said yeah I know like everywhere I'm gonna have to like live outside of Charlotte in order to um like have something reasonable but the thing is I need to I'm like I need to come like back and forth regardless because I need to like check in on things and like they're starting to get close to renovation time and so, like, I need to, like, make sure, like, I'm always there um, and all that stuff. And so, yeah, pretty much, like, if I get an apartment, it's not going to be furnished. I'm going to oh. have to pay out of pocket. So on top of paying my mortgage and HOA fee, I'm going to also have to pay fucking rent costs and then, like, pay for furniture monthly. And then on top of it, I also have to pay for the utilities. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was so upset that day. I was, <laughs> I, I was like, "Hey, like I, I text um, um, my mom, my dad. I'm like, help me find an attorney. I'm suing the shit out of everybody. I don't <laughs> <pay> shit. <laughs> Yo, what the I'm hell is so wrong with people? Yes, and so I'm just like, what the fuck? And so like that stressed me out because they were the like, ones that were so persistent on you getting a hotel yeah because i even was like oh can i get an airbnb and like when i was like kind of at my midway point with the ale and they were like no we don't do airbnbs but they never told me the option of getting an apartment so i was just like what the fuck so i told noel this i'm telling everybody this now i'm going to write a book after my journey Anyone who wants to be a homeowner, um, specifically in a condo, if you want to be a homeowner, you know, these are the steps. If you ever have damages in your place, I'm going to write a tell-all book. I'm going to give you the ins and outs because this is something that you should know. And I don't want anybody to struggle like how I am. Girl, you should do TikToks. That's gonna go even more viral. Cause there's it's not there's so many there's two three houses burned down in Lawrence in the past month and a half and had that have unhoused 39 people. There's like 39 families or something like that. Something crazy. I had a social worker comment. It's like I have 39 people in hotels right now, like trying to figure out uh living arrangements until we can like pay out. I was like the hotel option is the most expensive option that there is. There's got to be better options for people. Hotels are the most expensive options you can have if you're like unhousing people right now. That's ridiculous though that they don't approve. It's an, it's not like you're on vacation. Like this is an emergency. Yeah, and it's not like I asked for this shit. 
like honestly today was a good day like after like all the stress so like I've been um eating a lot of Arby's ever since Noel showed me Arby's and so once when I was stressed I went to Arby's every day <laughs> just to make myself feel better because I was stressed eating <laughs> but um I stopped doing that I said no I can't be doing that because I gotta save money um but yeah so that happened and like I said everything's gonna be fine it is what it is tomorrow I have an appointment um with someone to talk about my counters so I already picked out my flooring I have to um talk about like counters and cabinets and stuff like that so I'm having a plan with that tomorrow but other than that yeah that's like the update for like the house situation so I think I'm not gonna probably move back in until June or like the end of June like, right. I think it's gonna take a while yeah. um, wow. and then another thing um, so on TikTok I saw a video of this mom and she came home with flowers and she gave it to her son. Um, and so he's just like, oh, like, what is this? And she's like, oh, you know, like, I just wanted to give you flowers to show you, you know, appreciation. But not only that, you know, a lot of men, and I think with, I think, you know, what she's saying is like straight, like cis men, um, a lot of men, they get their flat they, their first set of flowers they receive is at their funeral mm. they don't really get like their flowers growing up um and I was like oh I think that's true because I was like kind of like digesting like my family too I was like yeah I like most of like the men in the family don't receive like flowers at all and so um Last night, my partner was working late, but I said, oh, like, hey, like, can you just, like, quickly come here, like, after work? Like, I got to, like, give you something. Um, and I could tell that he was like, oh, I just want to go home and sleep. But he's like, no, I'm, I'll come. He comes over. I go to his car. I have to give him stuff anyway because I didn't want it in the hotel anymore. I gave him his stuff and then I gave him his flowers and I explained to him um, why I'm doing this, what I saw. And I almost made the nigga cry. <laughs> Here he is. I almost made him cry. And he was just like, well, like, like it's deep. Um, like, you're right. Like, I feel, like, valued and important. Like, thank you. Like, he was just very appreciative. He was just saying, like, thank you for this gesture and things like that. I was like, yeah. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Got, Got him. him. <laughs> Got him. That's so cute. That yeah. is so true. Then- so hopefully the gestures return. Period. That's, that's all I'm saying. God damn it. The real right. key is, uh, so we haven't heard about Demel. Demel, what about your man? How, how's your little thing going? He's fine. <laughs> He's, he, just, he just came in and to go get socks, and Mr. Bowsey came in right after him. That's why he was in here. He's fine. I mean, it's 
so more as we live together even more it becomes more and more apparent that like he's a good partner for me right because we never Mm -hmm. got into an argument if it didn't you know involve alcohol (laughs) like we've never been in an argument that's like serious enough and the thing I like about him is when I get crazy and I know I do because I have bad days just like everybody else does is that he calms me down like he'll never feed into the anger does that make sense like if I come in and I'm giving him attitude and all this this and that like he just won't feed into it he'll either walk away or he'll say some stupid shit that makes me laugh and it's over and done with (laughs) same with him like I don't we don't we just don't argue and I find it hard to argue with him too. Cause it's like, mm. it's just that I can't scream in his face. Cause I love that face. So it's, it's, it's so weird. I don't know. So we're doing great. We're like an old, like married couple, even though that sounds wicked boring, but I'd rather have wicked boring nothingness going on than to have, cause I used to have a drama filled relationship where everything was a situation every week was a different argument and that shit is entertaining to a certain point and then you just feel like you want to jump out of a window some days so I really appreciate his patience I think that just comes with maturity though and yeah that we just live together and we can this is what I wanted right because I don't I don't I've never been in a really well I have been in a relationship where I lived with my partner but I've never been in a relationship where it's like we're legitimately living with each other and figuring out our tics and and things like that and still being okay with each other because sometimes girl you'd be laying next to someone be like why are you breathing you know what I'm saying why are you fucking I'm gonna punch the face for breathing and that hasn't happened yet so thank the lord above and then, for example, right, I go out and walk the dog. Oh, it gets me so angry, right? Mr. Bowsy, he's a Pibbles, okay? He's just a little baby Pibbles. He's mixed with something, but he looks pibbly, right? And so <laughs> when I walk him, I have a leash on him because he gets too excited around kids and other dogs. Like He plays too rough, so I always have him on a leash. And I just bought, like, a waist leash, so I don't really have to have a leash in my hand and he doesn't tug on me as much and so I go and walk a beautiful day we're walking we go to this empty soccer field where it's just open all around and I'm like oh let's just run around the soccer field get your energy out all this stuff as we're running I see this like poodle like dog coming from a corner of a soccer field just no leash no no per no other person inside just heading towards us I'm like oh my god please be friendly <laughs> like please be friendly because I know my dog's friendly so the the little puppy comes up and they sniff each other and then she goes to like lunge at me not in a like aggressive manner but Bowser wasn't having that so he like body slammed her and and I growled at her basically he did that a couple of times and I was like trying to pull him back but I was like how am I going to control this situation the dog the other dog does it is not on a leash I don't see where the person is right so the owner of the other dog clearly hears Bowser growling and then all of a sudden appears and it's this shit nose little kid who's too busy on his remote control car 
to have a leash on his dog he comes up he's like oh my god oh my god what's your name like i need to see license right now your dog yes yes and well he i say kid because he looked young he was like a like a teenager or like early 20s type of kid oh and i was like wait a minute your dog is the one off the leash. I'm allowed to have my dog off a leash. I was like, in public? When? Where? Who said? Like, yeah, you, no, you, you didn't even know. Exactly. You don't even know what happened. You weren't even here to witness what just happened. He's like, well, that's a pibble. And I was like, I'm allowed to have a pibble on a leash. You're not allowed to have your dog off leash. Like, what? Are you crazy? Number one, is your dog okay? Did you check your dog? Where should I check? And I was like, you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck are you You asking me for my license and so i snapped a picture of his license plate and he got all scared he's like all right all right there's nothing going on uh, whatever like have a good day i was like no no no. i'm gonna just drop down your credentials because if you, you ever do this again it's gonna be a situation you're like he was freaking lucky bowser's not an aggressive dog that dog would have been a chew toy for bowser you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. but I, I, that just it just sent me over the edge because it's like have we really been inside that long that not only are people just getting more irritable and and, and more dumb than usual? Or is it just me? Because this is, I was like a normal person in their head to be like, oh, right. I wasn't looking after my dog and wasn't on the leash. Right. They could get attacked, mauled, hit by a car, whatever. No, this motherfucker goes straight to uh, blaming the dog. So I'm like fuming, right? I'm about to call cops. I'm about to call FBI. Anyone will pick up. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 about to end this kid's life. So Thank I call you. him, and I was like, "This kid is out here," and he was like, oh, "Okay, nothing happened." And I was like, "Yeah, I couldn't know what to say." I was like, "I'm angry, motherfucker." And he's like, "So it's fine then." And I was like, "I guess I guess you're right." And I had to like grip my teeth and walk out of the situation. But I wanted to punch a motherfucker so bad I couldn't. I even to this day I still think about it. I was like. I should use that license to find out where this motherfucker lives and end his fucking entire life. But I'm not going to do it because I'm a reformed gangster. You know what I mean? <laughs> Feed the dog um, some antifreeze. Exactly. Exactly. No, because it's not the dog's fault, right? The dog's just being a puppy and being friendly. It's the owner's shitty behavior and irresponsibility. Well, and like enti- like weird entitlement. It's like I, there's in the law for owning a pet is your dog must be on a leash it doesn't matter if you're in space if you're in the ocean if you're on land the dog must be on a leash yeah and i just really hate when people are like oh my dog's so friendly like they don't need to be on a leash and like they can like come on command it's like no those are the most wild ones and it's usually like the more like smaller dogs or the ones who are um, like more medium in size but I really hate that because in in my building there's so many owners that don't put leashes on their dogs and then when I come around the corner they always bark at me right it's like a, a nigga alert like because if that's what it, I'm like the only black person in the building I feel and so like their ears go up and they just start barking and shit or like coming up to me or like jumping on me and I hate that shit they smell good cooking. They're like, mm, you smell like you got some good girl. Mm. Yep. <laughs> you always smell like cocoa butter. That's probably why they're attracted to you. Oh, wow. that. Mm-hmm. But they probably do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate dogs. Dog, dog, I love dogs. I hate them at the same time. 
Yeah, but that's like an example. Like when I'm about to hit fucking acceleration, he's just like, um, let me put it into perspective for you. Are you really about to call the cops on a teenager with his little remote control? And I was like, it made sense in my head, but I was like, had had dance has said something else, but <laughs> has her been all over it, like fucking ragu on spaghetti yeah. right now. Yeah, but, ooh, I like asked him the other day. I was like, so the, if what if the same situation happened to you, like in front of you, that happened to you? Like, what if someone tried to kiss me? Like, what would you do? And so what I was expecting the answer to be is that I'm gonna drop that kick him in the throat, and I'm gonna pull him out from his hair. And then drag him all over the floor and make sure he gets home with scratches. And he was just like, he was just like, oh, I'm just gonna talk to him about it. And I was like, I don't want that answer. I don't want that answer. I don't want I want violence. I want violence. I want to know that you are going to protect the sanctity of me. Yeah. But sometimes you don't want that. Like you some you sometimes you don't want it it feels good for an for a partner to be like possessive over you a little bit and aggressive about it but you do you really want to be out there with some like homie that is gonna just flip the fuck out any anytime anybody does like that's embarrassing at the end of the day have we met them out i know but like think about it in your position right you're you make clothing you're going to have a social life that is beyond you and your partner like yeah, if, you, sure. if you really if you really take yourself into that whole vibe if you go 100 percent into the lifestyle that you're trying to lead there's gonna be people all over you you know what i'm saying like there's no, gonna be absolutely. people that are gonna want a part of you and if you have a partner being like you looked at my bitch a little too long I'm gonna fight you and you gotta stand there and be like they're just interviewing me babe they're just fucking interviewing me <laughs> like so much no I think I think you're right I think a good I want a good healthy mix of both like I want it to be like okay like it's reasonable when it's reasonable and then when clearly I'm uncomfortable is when you come and save me I think that is my biggest thing is that like if you see that I'm having a moment and you're not doing anything about it, then I have a problem because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, find ways to um, resolve the conflict. Or at least, maybe not resolve, but, like, in that moment, like, calm. Yeah, or, like, just help. You know, like, it doesn't have to be, like, it doesn't have to be, like, a drastic thing all the time. But it can just be, like, hey, like, okay, let's go. You know, like, reassuring me that it's okay to, like, leave a space, you know, when you're uncomfortable. Wait, yo, what the fuck is the topic for today? <laughs> <laughs> so there's two topics. We had well, uh, so the reason why our check-in was so long this time is because we haven't seen each other in a minute, so we had to talk. Yeah. But um, so I know Noel had a topic that she wanted to talk about. Remember, Noel? Yes, I. <laughs> but when was she trying to find that? Um. We're also going to be talking about structures and routine and yeah. what that looks like. Oh, it was, oh. Um, that wasn't this one. It was something about a kid. Oh my God. About something. Oh, um, about teaching people. So, again, everyone in this podcast is very monogamous. And so, I, you know, we, we are, we have reasons why we enjoy it. It is something that's comforting to us for sure. 
Um, that doesn't mean that we're not going to listen to what other people from different types of walks of life or different types of intimacies. Like, I still want to learn. I still want to hear. I still want to, like, I still want to be a part of the conversation. I, I'm a human and I should be consistently learning as we all should be. So I followed, or I didn't follow, but I was like reading some stuff on like polygamy um, just for like, just for because a friend of mine posted something. And so I was like, okay, like, I just want to read what he was talking about. And so then it led me to this, like, one Instagram page about, and it's, like, a, this woman who is polygamous. And she's, like, giving advice and stuff like that. And so there's there's two things that, like, really, it just, it threw me off. Or I just, I don't know how to, like, react to it in a way that feels sensible. So the first one is that in both communities, I think that there are people for sure looking down at the other communities. So there are monogamous people who look down at people who are polygamous, and there are polygamous people who look down at people who are monogamous. And I, but there is always a sense of language that, again, when, when talking about things about other communities, like the only time that I feel like I'm comfortable bringing another community down is when it's like a racial conversation. So it's like black and white, Latino and white, blah, blah, blah. Like I will always be like, oh yeah, like I'm just not fond of white supremacy. I'm not fond of the way white people do this. Like I'm always comfortable with that sort of like call out of whiteness. When it comes to like other aspects of existence, like I'm not going to be like, oh, straight people suck because I'm queer. You're like, that's not my relationship to straight people. It's like, oh, I might not participate in straightness, but it doesn't mean we don't participate in similar things in similar ways. And so this page specifically was like, it's like they were just talking about monogamy in a way that, oh, that felt so, which I feel like happens in this conversation often, but it just felt so dismissive or like it made it seem like, oh, you're just jealous, like you're so jealous and you just want to have ownership of the other person. And I'm just like, I understand that reality. For some people, that is real. For some of us, we have too many traumas and triggers to be able to have multiple partners. For some of us, we don't have the affordability. For like, there is multiple reasons why, or maybe I just don't desire it. Like, I just don't desire to have multiple partners or to have an open thing. And if like, if my partner decides to want that, then we split ways and I'll find someone who wants to wear what I want. And I hate that conversation. I hate it when it feels like you're talking down about the way that someone wants to be because you think of it as too traditional. And I'm like, that, you're like, yes, it is. In, in the context of America, in the context of like Christianity and Catholicism and the way that we have existed in this space, part of it is the tradition for sure. And part of it is, you know, we've been forced to exist in a certain type of way because of it. But we are in 2022 and we all have autonomy. So we're all existing the way that we desire to exist. So some people want to be polygamous. Some people want to be monogamous. Be whoever the fuck you want to be. But so that was the one thing that grinded my gears. And the other one was, there was a conversation about if you can talk to children about monogamy, why aren't you talking to children about polygamy? Like children should be able to be polygamous. And so for me, it makes me uncomfortable any context that brings children into sex. Because the issue with monogamy and polygamy is that part of that conversation is sexual. It is hypersexual. Like, obviously, you don't have to have it like that. 
But that is the way that we understand it is that sex is a part of that conversation because it is, oh, I'm having sex with multiple partners or I'm just having sex with one person. That is normally what the terminologies for both of those things are. And so it just made me a little bit uncomfortable because I'm just like, I get really frustrated and I would like to know your guys' opinions on this too. Like for me, I think when it comes to children, especially under the before the age of like, obviously like it, we all learned a lot of things at different ages. But for me, I think when it comes to children, I would like to keep them as far away from sex as possible until they decide that they want to know that knowledge, A, or something was shown to them, or they're participating in sex themselves, which I'm hoping is not when they're children. You know, like, I just think that there's, like, a weird relationship to wanting to overly expose children to sex and not overly expose children to, like, other things. Like, why why do we have to have a conversation about polygamy or monogamy to children? It's like, they're going to see the representation of their family, so they're going to obviously get a part of that. But also it's like, why can't we just allow children just to be children? Like, let them go to the park and play and learn about fun stuff and just be young. It's like, as a person who grew up way too fast, as a person who had to like become an adult really quickly, it's like, I'm, I, I wish I could turn back time and have a childhood. Like, I just, I think it's important for children just to be children. And I think it's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I have no interest in teaching my child polygamy or I'm not having children, one. But if I did have children, like, thinking about my nieces and nephews, like, I don't, I'm not going to have the conversation with my niece about monogamy or polygamy at this point. She is only eight years old. Like, maybe when she's, like, 12 or 13, like, out, like, when I, when she becomes a teenager or a preteen, I feel like then I feel more comfortable because she has developed enough language and her own vocabulary to understand what I'm saying. And, you know, there's going to be, and the, the conversations are going to start happening even quicker by the time she gets, thir- to the time she comes 13. But before that, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, just be a kid. Like, a Polly Pocket, um, a brat. Um, what's the other kids' toys that are really popular right now? They don't got that anymore. Yeah. I know, but there's one. Brats are coming back one. Um, but I, I can't remember the girl. There's, there's this one girl one that, oh, Monsters High. Yeah. Well, that was bef- that was after my time. So, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's what's time. in now. Yeah. So how like how? Wait a minute. This article is talking about introducing kids to that subject matter at what age? They, so oh. she said the they said the individual said children. So I am automatically assumed like that sounds ele- like elementary age. Yeah. So like elementary school, and she was like, "Oh, we should be condoning." children to be polygamous like children should be able to date multiple partners not children dating that's the different that's different than polygamy i mean i i I, how are you introducing that subject matter unless you're like dating is different than being in a relationship sometimes you feel like being in a relationship with multiple people is your thing but then again i think that's a realization that happens after life when you have the maturity of emotional level to understand that not one person is going to fulfill you and i understand teaching children that their options is important but how are you bringing up that subject matter when they haven't even developed the verbiage that they require to explain to other children that they may be dating 
what they desire. Like this is not the a- children shouldn't be hey. dating in general. Yeah, yeah like, this is that, weird. Because I know I found like, the there's children, you know, that go around. They're like, oh, like I like my like classmate or like you know, this is my like boyfriend girlfriend. Then like y'all end up breaking up, quote unquote, in like two days. You know, like. But- they practice but they practice if you watch children they practice polygamy all the time oh this is my friend this is nikki also my friends and all this stuff they practice it they don't need you to complicate what it's you know what i mean i just don't understand what they're talking about because the post i found the post it says telling children they're too young for polygamy is like telling them they're too young to be gay or trans monogamy isn't polyamory light it's a completely different relationship framework. Kids don't have to try monogamy before trying polygamy if they know what they want. I knew I was non-monogamous long before I knew my gender or sexuality. Monogamy was always fundamentally confusing to me and I didn't understand the point of it. When I discovered polyamory, I was a teenager and it felt like the most natural, easy thing in the world. But having multiple relationships is more difficult than having one. Polyamory isn't difficult. Unlearning years of monogamy is socialite social conditioning is if i had been poly allowed to be polyamorous as a child i would have never had to unlearn anything it would have been so easy compulsory monogamy is dangerous harmful and toxic children should be taught about different relationship styles and to genuine and to love generously in abundance even in monogamy polyamory is a valid option for children to precise with each other it's not just for adults and i'm just like again like that why are we teaching children about relationships in the first place? Like, it just, that just feels like. No, why does the author feel the need to say that their experience is valid enough that now we have to unlearn how to teach our own children? This is because then they also mentioned that they already knew what polygamy was and they had the freedom to explore that. Now, if they would have said, oh, like I was looked out on or something like that, that's different. But to say that they were unlearning things, I mean, that's a fair because we do center like love around monogamous relationships. But I don't think that's I don't think your experience is enough to to then have to like start this whole movement where we have to teach children maturity levels that they may not be at like I I feel I'm glad listen I'm glad the author found their polygamy in their teenage years I think that's where most of us find our sexuality but for you to say that because of your experience now the way we raise our children is wrong it's fucking bullshit dude like I don't know yeah Go to no, because I was gonna say in my head, I'm like when I first saw even like the title, I was like, all right, one kids shouldn't be learning about relationships like in in that sort of manner in my head, like in that sort of manner at all. Because you're a kid, like I when I'm thinking about how I was a kid, I don't think I was thinking about relationships and dating. Like, yes, did I have like crushes? But I think I was nearing towards like preteen like that preteen is when I started hitting more of the like oh now I'm getting feelings that I never had before like I've always seen this person as my friend but now I feel like tingly or like something feels off um but as far as like children go like it's it's it would be difficult for me to be like 
to a preschooler, hey, monogamy <laughs> or polygamy? Which one? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's because yeah, they don't know. Yeah, and then you have to also teach asexuality. You have to teach all of the encompassing, like, umbrella of it all are we just yeah. I, I think they're misled in what they're they're teaching i would love to read more about who the author is because i have a sneaking suspicion i'm gonna know exactly what they're all about and if i'm wrong i might learn something today but i have a sneaking suspicion can you send the article yeah i'll send it again it's in our group text but i think the thing for me too is like it's like we're all gonna learn we're all gonna get to the point of wanting to have questions about relationships sexuality gender identity and i think that when it comes to young people specifically children when they get to the point of either being exposed to it or either being you know like some of their friends said it or whatever way that they're exposed to it then you have the conversation it doesn't have to be like oh i'm gonna raise my child who is still comprehending the world and like themselves and their own existence for them to then think about sexual relationships or relationships in general that are more than platonic you know like it's like give them a minute just to like breathe and to be their own person because in if if this person is really trying to unpack the relationship to people that we have in this world and she's trying to unpack monogamy then you also have to unpack like this deep deep obsessiveness that we have as a people to be in relationships so it's like or to be in you know multiple relationships or in really in whatever context relationships work for you like we're obsessive with that and i think we look down upon people who don't have any partners or who don't who haven't been able to like experience either of those because of either their own social anxieties or the way that they're raised up or whatever and the so it's auntie like that has no kids and yeah, like i hate that stereotype and so it's just like why can't we just like i was like you have to unpack so much more than to just unpack of relationships and again it's children i just i like mm-hmm. oh, oh, they're still learning their abcs they're still trying to figure out whether they're like applesauce or blueberry sauce and they're still trying to like decide what colors that they feel works for them or what clothing feels comfortable you know like they're still trying to figure out so many other things that like I have no interest in bringing intimacy that again that is not platonic into their mindset you know like if they if this if this individual said teenagers then I would have been a lot more comfortable but the fact that they said children it's like such a specific like what so like am I supposed to just be like Oh, like, am I supposed to just be okay with my my five year old? Like, it's like they're not even gonna understand polygamy. So it's like, how is no, my because it polygamy in itself it can be complicated because it really depends on the relationships <laughs> and the boundaries y'all are setting up. Yeah, so it's like if my let's say my six year old, my six or seven year old is like, oh, I'm dating Kevin, Todd, and uh, Roderick over here. It's like. I wouldn't want them to date anyone in the first place. It's like, you're a baby. You should be playing, go fucking play in the sand. Let's go to the beach. Let's go play with some dogs, eat hot dogs or some shit like that. Like, no, you shouldn't be, that should just be your friend. You should just have a lot of friends. Yeah. So the teacher in me, right? The teacher in me is like, okay, how do I make this into a lesson? (laughs) So that gets to my mind first too. Um, 
So I really only worked with kids in the Providence Children's Museum. And I can tell you right now, the vocabulary that they have is not, this is not, it's very minimal. So I was, I think if we really wanted to introduce relationships that were more romantic, I think the biggest, at least like the biggest thing that I hear or like the biggest lessons I hear about, I guess, love it starts with like showing the different types of families. So I think if we want to introduce that, we could talk to kids about families, like what types of families there are. And so, you know, the this, this stereotypical, you can have two moms, two dads, or just two parents in general, um, a mom and a dad. So I like think like framing it in that sort of language may help. So. You know, sometimes you can have you know, multiple parents. So kind of like the sister-wife situation. Because that usually um, can bring about conversations. But even that, it, like, it can get difficult. Because <laughs> it's like, how do you have five moms and five, um, and, you know, two dads? You know, yeah. like, like, what is that? And so then you would have to go and explain that. But I think overall... I think what we should be teaching kids, one, is just respect, um, love in a more platonic manner. So, like, what does love look like? What does respect look like? Not only for yourself, but for, you know, other folks around you. And then just also building the capacity to be able to, you know, have social interactions with peers, like, I really think, like, that is the basis of what we should be teaching children. So then, you know, I think it, it could be a lot easier within, you know, vocalizing in a relationship what you would want um, and things of that nature. But I think, you know, once you start hitting puberty, like, yes, like, now we can start diving more into, you know, what the different types of relationships look like. What does love look like? You know, everybody loves differently. So you then you could start to develop language within that and, you know, like really teach more of that. So I think children, you need to just teach love, respect, communication. That should be like a given. And then just let them be kids. Yep, I agree with nothing that. Nothing should be like sexual. Nothing should be, it should all be platonic. I agree. And if it does come up, like if one day your kid, you know, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think you just start teaching the basics of what love and respect is, because one of the biggest things with polyamory and, and a monogamous relationship is you have to be very upfront with your partner about what it is you want and what you're looking for. And polyamory is one of those things where you kind of have to find other people that are okay with it or can work around that, you know, that situation. I don't know any child that's <laughs> mature enough to either understand or practice it in a healthy manner. Uh, so yeah, I agree with Jania. I think it's the basics first. And if the questions do come up, then, you know, be versed in it enough to lead them in a certain direction, but to bring it up just out of the blue, like it's the birds and the bees conversation. That's weird to me. That's very weird to me. And yeah. I just looked on the uh, Instagram. I did find the article and this person seems to be completely involved in the polyamory 
verse world and their following is polyamorous. And so I think that if the person that is, you know, saying these things is so is practice practicing this and, you know, teaching others of this, then I, you know, hundred percent would understand their children know how to practice this. But when you're talking about people that aren't in this world, trying to teach kids that, or, going about it in a healthy manner. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> this isn't, I mean, maybe I'm just biased because I'm an, a monogamous, but I don't understand why we're even bringing it up to children in the first place. They don't even know what they want to wear tomorrow. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> or they do know what they want to wear, but it's a whole mixed match of things. Exactly. They don't know who they want to be friends with tomorrow. They don't know who they want to play in the jungle gyms with tomorrow. Like, it just seems like not, I don't know. Kids have so much to fucking worry about in the world. Can't we just yeah, let like them fall? Yeah, like, can't we just let them fall, scrape their knees once in a while? Do we always have to warn them about everything? Like, Jesus, this is, kids are coming out of the womb having to learn five different subject matters. It's just, it's ridiculous. Children aren't allowed to be children anymore. Depends on how they identify, right? I think that, I mean, specifically, like if I ever have children, I know if y'all have children that you'd support them 100 percent and try to clear up or learn about any questions that they may have so you can better lead them. And I hope that I hope every parent's like that. I know not every parent's like that, but I hope every parent's like that so I can understand how it's important if you have a kid that's asking questions. But shit, God dang, don't just bring it up just because you feel it's important as an adult to teach this to other people like maybe teach it mm-hmm. to other adults who are mature enough to understand it but oh because yeah, yeah. i think also what happens is the whole like santa effect so it's like you tell one kid the truth and then they go around telling other kids what they've learned and then it's like a game of telephone because it's also based on how much has this child comprehended how much did they retain and then what are they saying and then you know, there's different households that you also have to take into consideration too. I guess, do I think like education should be open? Like in my mind, yes, education should be open. I don't think anyone should be shut out. I think students have the right to like learn life. But at the end of the day too, it's like as educators, you can only do so much because it's really about the parents too. Uh, I think that that also plays a part so you know you don't want to overstep those boundaries because then you can end up losing your job but then that's like a whole fight in itself too yeah because not all parents you know want their children to learn about certain factors in life or certain sectors of life or maybe they don't even have the language themselves or in their or they're getting different versions of it and so it may not even be the correct information that they would be giving to the child either. Period. Mm-mm. Right. That's wild. <laughs> I just saw a post though on underneath that same post that you shared, Noel, yeah. where one person was like, "Why is it important though?" And um, everyone liked it because it is true. Like, why is it important to teach children at such a young age what polyamory is? makes no sense like it makes no sense Mm because they're not even worried they're not checking for that 
No, it's not necessary in this moment. When they're older, most definitely, like high school, sure. You could maybe even start at eighth grade. Because, you know, let's be honest, kids are fucking in eighth grade, sadly. Period. That's what I'm saying. The middle school shit. Yeah, whenever you have the sex talk, it's true. But then again, I had the sex talk in fifth grade. I saw a whole vagina birthing a baby. Dumb dare used to come in. And then that's the last time I heard until my senior year is when I learned about STIs. Yeah, I we had the sex talk in our school in fifth grade too, and it was very awkward. And then they ended up splitting the class, boys and girls. I thought it was just so dumb. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until high school where they even brought up the subject of contraceptives. Um, so yeah, kids are kind of left behind when it comes to like the sex talk, but I also think sometimes the sex talk should be happening at home, even before we open up the conversation of who should be teaching it. Because then that's a different story, right? Because now we're we're only making the sex talk accessible to kids that can go to school. So I don't... Period. Yeah. And then there's language too. Because at least in the US, most of the subjects are taught in English. And so, you know, it doesn't necessarily cater to like ESL students. Fucking. So my takeaway is, again... In education, should we be teaching polyamory and monogamy? Yes. Should it be for children? No. We need to teach children the basics. The basics. The basics. The basics of just human function, which is emotions. Let's unpack toxic masculinity first. Let's unpack. let's, Let's do a lot of other work first before we go into whether or not they want to be monogamous or probably this right let's let's um let's lock down what it is to treat another human being with respect first before right. we even talk about anything jesus like respect and communication and <laughs> we need to teach students that first teach, teach children communication and respect let's unpack white supremacy first right <laughs> all right my little five-year-old we're gonna unpack toxic masculinity (laughs) in this session that we have today but um (laughs) this will be our history math (laughs) and science yeah for real honestly i think just the school system in general it just needs to be revamped we need to just hire we need to teach differently one update all subjects two three we need to set up ways to also not create teacher burnout but also make sure that the teachers who are also in these schools they're also respected and heard and not being made fun of by the freaking admin or other staff members period make sure they get paid well yes let's make sure teachers are getting paid Yo, I feel bad for teachers. What are they doing with inflation right now? Oh my god. See, that's why I didn't want to stay and find out. I had to leave. I didn't want to stay and find out. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. 
So I saw a video recently. So staying with education. So I guess we're kind of going off topic. I, yeah. it's, it's just a free for all. Um, so I saw a video of this one student. It's it, I think I believe it was high school. And she was just filming herself um, listening to the teacher. So from the voice, I'm pretty sure it was a white man. Um, <laughs> not to stereotype voices, <laughs> but it sounded like, you know, a white man who was teaching in a predominantly like POC school, maybe even predominantly black. Um, and he was just tired of how he was being treated. And this is my interpretation of the video. Um, but he was being tired of how he was being treated. He just wants to teach the students. And he's just, you know, simply asking them to put their phones away so then they could, so that he could teach. But then he ends up going off on a rant because, you know, he feels as though he's not being respected. And so he's pretty much going off on them and saying like, hey, like, you need this. I don't need this. And it's so funny because we've all had, like, we've all had teachers yell this at us. But, um, you know, um, you need this. I don't need this. I'm already set in life. You're not there yet. I'm just trying to help y'all not be a statistic within this society because it's art it's already set up for y'all to fail so like i'm just trying to help y'all out i'm trying to teach you yada 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 um but also when he's saying this he's also you know swearing like shit fuck and all this other stuff um and so my so and then in the in the comments there were it was kind of like 50 50 so there was some um, people saying, oh, well, since he's a white teacher, like it just hits different hearing from him. And then, you know, you hear from other folks saying like, oh, we've all gotten these conversations from these teachers. Um, this is nothing new. It's sad that it, the cycle just keeps getting worse and worse. And the kids nowadays, they don't give a fuck. And, the, and I pay my respects to, you know, all the teachers. So, like, those are, like, the comments that are happening in the video. Um, so, one, my question is, so, y'all heard, y'all heard things like that within your school at all? Yeah, all the time. Of course. Mm-hmm. And so, who was the teacher um, that was usually going off for y'all? It was always some, it was always my, my she was always some white woman it was always the same sort of narrative. it was like exactly what you said she was like i have my career like i have this already like y'all are the ones who really need this type of shit da, 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 da. yeah mm-hmm. i had so i had one that reminds me, i had one white male teacher in high school who just had way too much of a short fuse. Well, I had two actually. They both had too much of a short fuse for us. I did go to school in inner city and the entire classroom was black and Hispanic. We had like the 1% of white people there. And there's a lot to say about teachers that can relate to children that are from inner cities that they don't really have that conversation. They have that conversation without saying those words. But it was the two white males that would always get into, you guys need this because you need to pass 
uh, your test. It was never, oh, because you're going to make it in life. You know what I mean? It was never, oh, I'm, you know, you're going to need this for the rest of your life. It was always like, you need to pass the class or you're staying back, which in perspective was like, oh, you don't see a future for any of these kids. And that's why they don't respect you. Um, but for the most part, yes, I've had conversations like that and in classrooms with teachers that actually cared versus teachers that didn't care. And most of the times when a classroom is out of pocket, they're either way too hyper, it's nearing the end of school or near a vacation or number two, which is the most common is they don't respect you. Whatever you're teaching is way too boring. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I had my geo, my bio, biology teacher, which was probably closest to the, our age and was young and was hip and like understood what it was like teaching a classroom of kids that not all of them were going to make it, quote unquote. You know what I mean? And he sat us one day and he was like, you know what? Like, if you are falling asleep in my classroom, if you're acting up in my classroom, it's because I'm not making the subject matter important enough or like exciting enough for you guys so i'm not gonna do 100 yes you have your part to put up with but if you're just constantly falling asleep in my class and i need to change as a teacher and i think that sometimes teachers don't have that perspective where maybe it's you you know what i'm saying if all your classes are troublesome quote unquote maybe it's just you bro like be a better teacher i've had those conversations i guess like not as like harshly or in- intensely as this other teacher but you know I'll just be I think I was more of like the protector like hey like what is it that I could do for you like I want to individualize this or like you I would even help students with other classwork or just like with other teachers in general like what can I do and I think yeah oh the trauma's coming back ah yeah. <laughs> I think you, there just needs to be a group of teachers that really can understand. And I think, like, you don't have to be, quote-unquote, like, hip, or you don't have to know, like, the latest slang, but, like, at least hearing the students out and making sure their needs are met is, like, top priority. Um. So do you think words, so, like, if, does it, do you think it would feel different if the teacher was a person of color and they were going off on you like that? No, because there's still privilege within the people of color. There are still teachers that are people of color that are privileged as fuck and they show it off and they make you feel like shit for not being in on their level. I think no. it's it's way more personal when you have a person of, co- of color teaching you who then reprimands you for something that they may not, not that that you may not be a hundred percent responsible over. So it it can be more personable, uh, more personal, not personable. But at the same time, yes, it can be more personable and personal for them mm-hmm. to call you out. But it can also be just as condescending. Yeah, I think that like, <laughs> like I could always tell. Like you could always, from what I remember from being in high school. I can remember all the teachers who I knew who were just, just good teachers and they never had to reprimand you because they knew that you them being disappointed in you um that was enough like you you disappointing them was enough um 
And so that, um, so yeah, so like them, you being disappointed, them, you disappointing them. Why is that such a hard thing to say? You disappointing them made you feel a lot worse because they put so much into you, because they cared for you so much, because they did all of the, like, like I remember fucking up like once with like the teacher who I really cared for and I reprimanded myself. Like I was like, <laughs> I bad. And I genuinely was like, okay, I'm gonna come to class sometime, make sure I do everything the right way. Like I really want to get back in her good graces because that's just what the relationship was. It's like, she was such a good teacher that they were, shout out to Ms. Rowe. Um, like there's no point to me. Like there's just no, I think there's the, the context of reprimanding students because they're being young people is stupid like it's like people are just people who are who they are and the unfortunate part is just this is the reality of existing Mm -hmm. but so i the i hated detentions so i've never got it growing up but when i became an educator they would want us to just discipline these kids and verbatim it was we want to inconvenience them like they inconvenience us i'm like what the fuck jesus like so now you want the parent to come like because some of the parents they end up working late so you're telling me that you know now the parent has to get off work early to come pick up the kid like it's not affecting the kid it's also affecting the family in general because depending on the student like they have different responsibilities outside of school yeah and so like did i but did i give up still yes um (laughs) but i didn't use it in a way of like oh i'm gonna inconvenience you it was more of like okay like i know the student is just like fucking around in the hallway after school they're not doing shit like you had a bad day in class like what what is it like i wasn't it was never a discipline moment it was more of like hey like let's talk it out but of course you know can you help me in the classroom um cleaning these desks and putting up the chairs <laughs> do you think <laughs> no well i've also i've also been thinking about this right so like school you know like we learned the basics like language writing reading and all that good stuff you think we should just teach life skills yes and then just like fuck it obviously history and stuff will like come along the way but like should we just get rid of like the main like what we've been taught in terms of like main academics like okay you have social studies for this amount of time then you have math for this amount of time you have reading for this amount of time writing lunch and then like gym or whatever physical activity no it's important to (laughs) to do some of those things for sure um you still gotta learn math and science because how are we gonna how are we gonna raise the next like nasa or engineers and shit like that if you don't start them young but it is something to be said about home economics not making its comeback or oh shout out to florida which is the only shout out i'm gonna give florida right now is they made a requirement for kids to pass um a uh economy 
economical literacy test before they graduate where they have to learn how to balance a checkbook know about credit and all that shit this is a horrible question for someone who's a really big nerd in high school because i really enjoyed i was i was i was a salutatorian so like i was second in school and my gpa was second highest in school so like it was really important for me to like be a superstar in all my academics even if I knew that, like, environmental science, I'll never use it, per se, anytime soon. Like, I just, for someone who enjoys the aspect of learning or competition, I think he <laughs> was for sure an easy breeze. And I really, like, I really, I really was excited about learning about things at the time even if I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. Um, but I, I did like learning about environmental science. I did like learning, like math is something I, I use, not even, I don't really even use that often other than like measurements, but. And money. I, I forgot what I was watching, but they were talking about the quadratic formula and I was like, and I just said it in my head, you know, like it's one of those things where it's just, it's so installed in you that like, you just remember it. And so, like, I loved math, even though I was never going to use any of that fucking shit ever in my life besides adding. I still loved it. And so, like, I was, I'm okay with not, with keeping life skills to be something. I guess because everyone has high school, I think life skills might be a great, or, again, assumption that everyone's going to high school. I think life skills is for sure something that I wish we all learned our senior year or at least like a class on like one class that lasted all the semesters or again this is like the fantasy of the whole world with the college like that the, our first year of college instead of focusing on shit that we already learned in high school because we or like shit that like felt stupid like all the prerequisites of like all of these art histories or all of these other shit that like Again, I have I didn't retain none of that shit, and I didn't use and I didn't use it after, so it was really irrelevant to me. So I'm like, why wasn't our first year like us learning how to become adults? Like you're literally pushing high school students who just turn eighteen most of the time, eighteen, nineteen. I wasn't even eighteen yet; I was still seventeen. So it's like who just like you're pushing babies into like an adult realm, and you're telling them, "Hey, fly," and it's like where the that's like the like again like the concept of the whole freshman 15 it's like you're giving people infinite amount of food who have never who have never been able to have the agency of picking their own food to now eat how they feel like eating yeah so it's like why not teach them how to become the people that you're expecting them to be once they leave you know that, yeah and that's not apparent until like, oh my god until you get to college you know how many times i've had like walk somebody through how to use a microwave that shit is sad (laughs) laundry machine a washing machine yeah i just i don't know there are certain things you gotta i i understand like the schooling system is expecting you to learn these at home but are you really learning them at home because you're kind of like basing it off the fact that everybody has the same home life not everybody does so yeah or same knowledge yeah well i always said that uh, elementary school middle school like those are those are like core so learn everything 
learn all the histories, learn all the math, all that good stuff. And then I think all schools need to be trade schools. Like learn a skill, like learn a skill and also use that time, like in high school, like use that time to also figure out um, like just life stuff in general. Like of course, like along the way, academics um are taught because you still gotta learn like math and things like that. But like, I think there's like, hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> I the kids just need to be taught like how to survive in this society, especially when their own parents are also like struggling to understand the society too because it's like shoot I still don't know the society but yeah so I was I was just gonna ask did y'all go to like uh traditional high schools no no I went to a trade right yeah I went to yeah no one went to a trade so Trinir um I went to private you went to a private school, just like normal? Is it just like normal school? Yeah, academics and sports and shit, extracurricular. Okay, so, so I went to an art school and I went to a trade school and I'm sure Noel had, they had to input like these certain like programs and things that you were doing. Like for us, it was ballet or whatever we were working on or our specialty was, quote unquote. What were y'all doing? Art. If- just art they didn't give you any yes. other options that was the only thing it was just art so i took art all four years and the junior senior year they didn't have the ap program but i took advanced art and so like i spent a lot of my time doing art wow i was in pastry but my school was like a trade school but it was like half and half so they made it longer. So we were there for like eight hours. Like it was a long ass fucking day. Um, like I used to have to be in school at seven o'clock and I used to get out at five. So it was a very, we were there for a minute um, because they wanted to have us to have traditional academics and then also the trade. So I did baking and pastry for four years. And then my senior year, I did uh, all of my, while I was doing my trade, I was also only in AP classes. So I had AP English, AP Math. AP history, I had AP everything. Yeah, oh, religion was a big thing too. We had to take religion class. Um, and then we had to do community service our senior year. Well, you know me, my personality. I didn't yeah. mind it. <laughs> it did fit you well to go to that school for sure. Well, a little bit, not all the way. Until these white kids are saying, nigga. <gasps> Not this. What? Yep, I remember story time. I remember one time, um, I think it was by either my junior or senior year, like you started seeing a lot of Ghanaian kids in the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, finally, more people of color, black people. Um, and but even in that sort of like dynamic it was different um but so anyways like you know kids being kids they're just running through the crowd to get out of the cafeteria 
after lunch and go to class. And so I guess some of these kids end up like bumping other folks. And so they end up bumping into like this group of white boys in front of me. And then one of the boys said, these fucking niggers. And and then their friends look back and they see me. (laughs) And like their faces turn so pale. And then the I would have called them out and been like, wait wait a minute, say say what you said again, match come back, you guys. Come here. No, because I was I wasn't giving them that power. So right. So the kid that said it, they look back at me. Um and then they said, oh, no, no, not you, them. And so I just let them have that guilt all day. I, and I was like, I'm not talking to you with that. And that was very disrespectful. And whatever the fuck I said. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Me, right? I know. I know but he never used that word ever again. I'll tell you that much. Well, on oh, and then once um, Obama became president, that's when the real racism started coming out. I was like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yes, and that, and honestly, that's when like most most of the black students started like hanging out with each other. Like by senior year, everyone's like, "Yo, like we we gotta stand together because <laughs> Obama's." <laughs> about to be president <laughs> we, got, we got to stick together you couldn't be in a better school than an all hispanic and all black high school when obama became president i remember 2008 vividly because everybody came in posters they were chanting all day and teachers let it happen except for that one teacher i told you about mm-hmm. <laughs> that was he was he voted republican and he told us all and he was pissed the entire day i was like wow you should have just called out, bro, because this is going to happen all day long if you got elected president. Right. That was a lovely podcast. Education and polyamory. Polyamory. Children. <laughs> Children. Well, <I'm> children. <laughs> um, so, hey, everybody. This is Trenier. Ha <laughs> There is... <laughs> Um, so I've been listening to another podcast called Lur and Lionel. Um, they're two men from Philly, and they just they mostly talk about sex. And I just like the way they talk. So if you want to, you can check them out. Whoop whoop! Any other shout outs? And hopefully they'll have me on the podcast too, or us in general. Period. I think that's it for this week, yeah. It's good that to be is back it for this week. This yes. Good to be back. It was lovely. And we'll do it again next week. Yeah. Period. We'll see you next Monday. Yeah. <laughs> see you next good. Monday, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.